0: I had no my idea. so
1: I mained uh Oriana in League of Legends.
0: Is the, she in the show?
1: Not yet. Okay, uh, she is a clockwork.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, that so makes that maybe makes more sense Maybe next you would season? like that more. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: she and she throws a, and of course, she is an overly complicated character that requires way more micro than <laughs> I would ever be good at. So, of course, I am attracted. to whatever is the most micro intensive and also doesn't work like any other hero especially when she was introduced like you have to you manage her ball separately from her oh yeah that's yeah you're gonna be good at that so that's exactly (laughs) what i wanted to play
0: um welcome to pick up your sticks where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts walker near and brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and this week we're doing a special crossover episode with Pick Up Your Sticks and Brett's podcast, Dungeons & Dinners. We're going to be discussing the television shows The Witcher and Arcane, which are gaming inspired shows on Netflix that are both worth the watch. If you'd like to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you can always buy us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi slash P-U-Y-S pod. As always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Brett. Brett, what's got you picking up your remote this week?
1: Ooh. Uh, man, it is. It's uh, not even a remote, though. Really, it's still a mouse. It's still oh, a mouse and keyboard. Oh. Yeah. It's a good. Call. I mean, I guess I turned my TV on with the remote, so fair. I mean, fair. I use a remote on the
0: TV. It's like do. Okay. You
1: see, I've, I just kind of like, my old gaming laptop is just my media center PC now. Ah, so.
0: Yes, yes, yes. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs>
1: I thought i figured I'd bring the the Dungeons and Dinners crew in for a little uh, a little crossover time. You know, get them, give them some some pick up your sticks love, give you some love, and uh, I figured that uh, both of these shows may be relevant to the the discussion there. So I thought I thought I'd join them together, do a little Voltron action, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Voltron podcast, <Bob, yes>. nice. <laughs>
1: um, you know, so to you- completely tangent, it it's it's terrible and it's dumb. I just watched the rest of uh, the latest season of Rick and Morty and there's a Voltron episode and like half the shtick is that the five the five robots make the Voltron, right? But if you get five Voltrons, wow. You can Voltron the Voltron. <laughs> it,
0: it just goes. It's just a mirror in a mirror it, situation. It's, it's great. It's hilarious. <laughs> and it's like, well, if you
1: have infinite universes, then you can get infinite Voltrons together and <laughs>
0: wow that's funny yeah i haven't watched rick and morty in a while i didn't know there was a new season of it yeah
1: i mean it's been a, i think it was last year was the season oh, i didn't okay. i only recently caught up on it but
0: Fair that's enough. not what we're here to talk about oh <laughs> right your fault this time
1: it really is i mean <laughs> you know unless you're gonna ta- start talking about wow and how it relates to the witcher or arcane which i I'll think you could, I'm sure you could do i'll find sure you could do yeah. I, I figured I'd derail us early, you know.
0: Um so yeah, so we're gonna break the discussion up and talk about uh we'll just we'll talk about The Witcher first and then jump into Arcane next. Uh arbitrarily, I've selected that. Um so just to be clear for anyone listening, it's gonna be heavy spoilers. Uh obviously we're not a <laughs> television review podcast or something here, so uh I I don't know how clean it would be with without spoilers if we tried to do it. So either way, if you have not watched The Witcher or Arcane and are interested, you should probably hold up. Uh, we'll have in the description uh, of the show notes a timestamp. So if you wanted to listen to just the Arcane discussion, for example, you'll know where to skip ahead to to find that. Um, but yeah, so we'll start with The Witcher. Um, this is season two of The Witcher. Yeah, I so. It's funny because The Witcher, <laughs> I said the intro, of The Witcher is, it's, they're gaming inspired shows, but really The Witcher is actually a series of books Right before it was a game, and I don't know really, I think the show is actually based on some of the books. Like, I don't think the show is brand new canon. It, like,
1: splits the difference. Okay. I, I mean, I feel, so I haven't, so this is coming from a point of ignorance. I have not read The books. <laughs> But from what I've heard from those who have, mm-hmm. it's kind of a Marvel cinematic universe. Like it mm. it steals a lot more from the books than the games. The games take a lot from the books as well. So there are, of course, some similarities and some plot points that are the same. But it also deviates from both of those as mm. its own sort of thing in a few ways that either irritate hardcore fans or people who are getting this as their first experience can appreciate because it it, it improves the flow of the story when told in a visual format
0: right yeah that's fair so yeah just a quick synopsis for anyone that's not familiar with the premise of the witcher it's the witcher himself is basically a a monster hunter uh, for lack of a better way to explain that and kind of like a mercenary monster hunter he doesn't really have allegiance to anyone um and so i I really do like the way the show blends. It's almost like a like a a law and order procedural where, like, every episode, there's some monster that he ends up killing or fighting or whatever. But that's not exclusively what pulls the show through. Like, there's also this larger narrative about the political landscape of the whole world,
1: and it's not formulaic in the sense that a Power Rangers episode would be. Yeah, it's not not always monster, kill monster, and then a little bit of plot movement. Like some episodes are just plot movement. There's a lot of kind of Game of Thrones feel to a few of the episodes that are just like, yeah, here's the Witcher. He's doing some stuff. And then here's a bunch of political things happening in the world. And it's still interesting, but like there are some episodes that are devoid of just hero arrives, new town has monster to kill, hero kills monster plot and then you
0: know move on yeah it's definitely not delivered in that way but i i i it it does a good job of blending the very personal and individual story of geralt the witcher and then telling the larger story of the world and they intertwine certainly Agreed. um i don't know is that a fair synopsis of a yeah, high I level think so. i mean it's a it's a very
1: fantasy oriented show it's it's high fantasy, there's tons of magic, there's monsters, it's kind of medieval based. Uh, there's not really any high-tech stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, I think that it's good to see a mercenary really played out as a mercenary. It's Geralt is not an anti-hero. Right. Which I think is a is a really big point to make. He has anti-hero-like qualities without being pigeonholed into that like is gruff and and uh, i don't know nihilistic without being
0: edge lordy. i guess yeah i would agree with that well and there's and, and like the 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 gruff nihilism kind of part of it really comes from like he's just been alive for a long time and has lost a lot of stuff that he cared about so right there's like a hard like an, a hardened edge to it but yeah, it's not it's not because he's angsty. It's because he's actually just seen a lot and experienced a lot of pain. And so then that leaves him shielded and guarded and not right. willing to be vulnerable to to most new people that he meets.
1: Yeah, his unwillingness to be vulnerable is not based out of spite,
0: right? It
1: It is actually a lot more human. And I think. I don't know, not to like dive off into a quote unquote political you know spectrum, but like is not meant to be directly anti toxic masculinity. I think he's just more human. Yeah, like, like it's not like it's taking a jab at like we're trying to you know talk about this type of thing. It's like it's it's much more like if you had been through all of this that he had been through, you probably wouldn't try to make fast friends with people.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and and some of it is like in order to protect people, he, he will be distant or he will leave them or whatever. And maybe he could have tried to negotiate that with them, but ultimately they don't understand because they haven't seen what he's seen. And so, It's easier to just be like, yeah, I'm just not going to I'm just going to be gone in the morning. I could
1: have this discussion 200 times a week, or I could just say nothing, kill the thing that I need to kill, make my money and bounce.
0: Right. So the show to to tie it to the game, which it's funny. So The Witcher one came out, I think, in 2007, the video game I'm talking about. And a buddy of mine, um, he used to be in a group. It will sound like LARPing when I describe it. Not that I have a problem with LARPing, but but it's not that. It was actually this group of guys that had found this, like, German sword fighting manual from, like, the 1600s. Oh, wow. And they would get together and practice the techniques in it. That's super cool. Right. And so, but they were really trying to, like, recreate the techniques. So they weren't doing, like, battle scenes with each other. That's why I say it's right, not LARPing right. in that way. Um but it is definitely a group of middle-aged men swinging swords at like the park or something. So, <laughs> so it's <laughs> still that. kind of LARPing. <laughs> kind of, yeah. They <laughs> would deny it heavily, but right. <laughs> but let's call
1: it. Let's call a duck a duck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they were real swords too, not cardboard right, swords. So right. you know. Anyway, um, but so when the first Witcher came out, my buddy was super excited because the animations that they used in the first Witcher game for all the sword combat were actually based on this same manual from whatever kind that's of sword fighting. So that cool. Is. Right. So they
1: already had kind of a little bit of a, an intro into that to kind of latch on to.
0: Right. So, so, so that's what put me onto it was, I was like, Oh, well that sounds really neat. Um, but in classic me fashion, I never beat the first Witcher. Uh, I bought the second one. Didn't get very far into that. The third one, however, which is widely praised as like one of the best Western RPGs uh, ever, um, I, I I played probably a good fifty hours and still was doing side quests, not on purpose because the main quest is a series of side quests that will not allow you <laughs> to just pursue. <laughs> series. I mean,
1: to be fair, I believe that the the like Witcher Three is like a hundred and twenty hour game, like minimum. Like yes, I think you are correct. It's not a it's not a if you ditch all the side quests, you get through the main story in 20 hours. Like
0: well, you so like what happens is you're trying to find Siri constantly, which is Cyrillia, the the character in the show as well. Um and yeah, you just constantly are like Going to someone who can give you a clue, but before they'll tell you what they know, you have to do something for them, and it's just this endless cycle of like, and then that becomes this Russian like nesting doll of like, <laughs> like well, like eventually the bard Yaskier or whatever his name is, and I don't, I think his name in the show and the game is like, it's something else, it's something it's not it's not butterfly but it's something like that that's like okay. very oh dandelion that's what okay it is. okay um so you're trying to find dandelion but dandelion's in prison so then you have to find out why he's in prison and then the guy who has him in prison has a problem that he wants solved solve before he'll let dandelion right you see my you just made a face that Ooh, no one will yep. see but yeah nobody will see that but <laughs> you get my point though where it's just like But I don't care about any of these people. I just want to see Siri and and see the wild hunt and all that stuff. Save the universe,
1: all right? Right. Like, just let me do that. Your piddly problem does not matter.
0: (laughs) Right. I don't care about your, yeah, your, your lot in life as a duke of some country that I've never heard of and don't care about. Like, I just want to see the, the magic stuff. Um, Anyway, so what the show does that the game didn't provide for me is a succinctness, (laughs) because while (laughs) each season is roughly 10 hours long, that's a lot less than 120. Mm -hmm. Um, And the show and the reason I went on this long rambling tangent now is because of what you were talking about, about how Geralt is revealed in the show is this like very relatable human character. Well, I think that's the way he's written in the books as well. And that's the way that they write him in the game. So whenever you have quests and stuff and you interact with characters, Geralt in the game is very much the way he is in the show where he's reserved and he's not hes not a serial killer or whatever. But then the actual gameplay is you run into a town and there's 10 bandits and it's time to fight the bandits. And so you just slaughter people all day long. And And so then it's really hard for me to reconcile like, the human vulnerable character with basically a a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense. And so when he, then when you get into dialogue and he is like reserved and doesn't want to go to violence as his first resort, it's like, but that's not true for the rest of the time I'm playing this. Yeah. There's a disconnect
1: between the gameplay and the narrative.
0: Right. And the show is Able to avoid that because you're not playing a video game, yeah, because you don't
1: have to pad with you know (laughs) battles, right? And when you do, they're 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 they drive the story
0: well, yeah, and they they just make battles between the mages and stuff, Mm -hmm. right? So then that like the big war and all the the bloodshed is not really Geralt participating, right? It's in the universe that he's in, but there's times when when he does fight thugs, he
1: like bops them on the head, like right. he doesn't have to take his super soldier serum to to fight bandits. He right. just knocks them unconscious. Maybe he, if they draw a weapon on him, he'll stab him. He doesn't really care, yeah. but like he's not trying to just murder every everything in his path. But yeah, in a video game, you dodge roll, you stab. That's, <laughs> right. that's how you play the game.
0: <laughs> right, right. So yeah, well, and even like in the first season of The Witcher, there's the, the he has a fight with some girl in a town and. He like bests her, and like has his sword at her throat, but still is willing to let her live. Mm-hmm. And then she insists, and then he has to kill her. But it's like he really tries to not kill her. Like she right. kind of forces his hand. But yeah, that's not. And that's not a quick time event that you're getting <laughs> in the game. No, it's just like this is the boss
1: character. They have a red health bar. When the red health bar hits zero, you
0: can go on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, so um, so I really, I think I, I think the show the show i enjoy a lot and and i i actually enjoy the show so much that i've been i've had thoughts of trying to return to the witcher 3 Ooh. because i i do i do like the world that they've built i like the story that they've built um i think it's interesting to see cuz really i didn't get far enough or didn't pay attention enough either could be true <laughs> in the games to really understand like the like what the mage's role is in the world. Right. And that's all super interesting in the game, how they're like these political figures assigned to different kingdoms. It's and like stuff. a
1: weird oligarchy that is its own country, but also isn't at the same time because yeah. everybody is part of another country. Like it's kind of like a house of rep. It's like Washington, DC It, it <laughs> is its own location, but it's not a state right but it has representatives from all the locations and it still gets its own plot of land and has its own political stuff but
0: yeah um and then yeah i mean i don't know like i'm just completely jumping around at this point but some of the ways that they imply magic is used i mean when i think of magic i think of (laughs) hey i think of mmos
1: no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna call fireball for the for the dungeons and dinners crew you know it's, <laughs>
0: it's the the spell yeah but that, well, exactly though that is that is what i was gonna say is like when i think of magic i think of fireballs and lightning strikes and all that and that stuff's in there but like there's one point where one of the head mages is like going to interrogate a guy and she's going to, like, go into his head and, like, basically suck his ego, like, Memories. his id out. Yeah. I don't really know. It's, it sounded... tra- it's traumatic. It's very traumatic sounding. But then he had some blocker in that prevents it from going through. But anyway, like, it was, ju- it was cool to see magic in a, like brain psychological context a versus utilitarian sense. Yeah, an elemental magic thing.
1: Right. It's not just a lightning bolt or a fireball. It's spells that have utility. Which is I mean that's I, I appreciate seeing that cuz that's a huge D&D thing. Mm. It's like how you want to kit your character out is like sure you could go full combat, but if you go full combat and you end up in a political scenario or a social scenario, then you, you don't want to launch a fireball in the king's court because the king has mages that are bigger than you.
0: Right. But
1: you might want to offer up a zone of truth where like, Hey, it, if you don't believe me, I'll, I'll put a circle on the ground that nobody can lie in. And all of your mages will know if any of us are lying. Right. right? And, and that's, that can make for really interesting, cool, intense moments that utilize magic in cool ways or, modifying somebody's memory to make them think that you never, they never cursed you or that you had fulfilled the, the deeds of your bargain or whatever it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and there are checks that can pass or fail on the roll of a dice that like, those are tense moments. If if it works, you just got to get out of jail free card of, of, of immense value. And if it fails, they will know and they will kill you
0: right like
1: and so i think that that seeing magic in that sense is awesome because you're right most magic in the television at least a lot of modern accessible media even a lot of video games there's not a lot of uh, magic that you're going to cast before you go into a speech conversation like maybe you give yourself a buff but you're not making some snap decision in the middle of talking to somebody to cast a spell
0: well where i see it um it's not called magic usually but it i mean it's all you know it is the same principles basically but in sci-fi gaming you see like psionic powers and that kind of stuff and then you see manipul mental manipulation stuff. Yeah, persuasion
1: checks of like Jedi right. mind waves and stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it's not framed as magic and it's not in this high fantasy setting. Again, in mm-hmm. Star Wars, you know, force choking someone or something. Like that's basically magic, but it's just framed in that futuristic sci-fi context. So it's cool to see that in this high fantasy setting, I thought
1: so season two is kind mm-hmm. of where we're on. We've done a lot of high overview. But I'd like to dive into kind of the the deeper specifics of the second season. I was excited that it got a second season, but I definitely came out of season one with mixed emotions. Mm. Um, I felt like it it bounced around a lot and was kind of hard to follow. There were a lot of characters that needed to introduce that I felt like they were important. But even in season two didn't necessarily feel like i understood their place or importance Mm. and so i didn't know like what your thoughts were kind of coming into season two
0: yeah i mean i like season one quite a bit um season one is confusing because it's telling like geralt's history alongside the current time and then telling other characters' stories in the current time and some of their history, I guess. And then by the end, it catches them all up. So when season one ends, the timelines are all aligned finally. I had the fortune of uh, talking to you before I watched Witcher season one, and you had already watched it, and you told me that the timeline stuff was really confusing until the very end. So that kind of gave me a heads up to like, anticipate that right so it didn't it didn't it didn't bother me as much simply because i was already aware of it um but certainly yennefer's
1: story bounces everywhere while you're in the current timeline like you're telling Geralt's current story while you're telling yennefer's past
0: even Geralt's story though i mean like there's there's like the episode when he when it's like revealed that he did the the law of surprise or whatever Mm. which makes him like that's all way in the past right and then that kingdom gets overrun and like but that's now <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> like and i don't anyway so i was i was i was i liked season 1 quite a bit but i think that probably the reason that i didn't have the same kind of mixed feeling about it is because again i had the advantage of you giving me a heads up that like hey this kind of is weird how they did it so i wasn't as hindered by it because i again anticipated it um but i don't know yeah i mean in season two and and i don't mean this is like a put you on the spot but do you have an example of a character that you that you felt the way you were just describing where like you thought they were important but maybe they're not really because i i might i might have felt the same way and i'm just not thinking of it
1: yeah um i guess (sighs) who is oh no um the head female
0: wizard I don't know her name, but yes. that's the one I was talking about that does the like psychological thing. Right. She does the psychological thing.
1: thing. That's not Triss, is- no. No. Um anyway. Right. She like I almost kinda wanted to rewatch some of the Yennefer episodes in season one because she was Jennifer's guide,
0: wasn't she? She's like the one that intros all the new mages, right? That's what I thought. Kind of That's thing. what I thought. Yeah.
1: Um. So like, I, I felt like I was miss. I just because the storyline had bounced around a lot, I didn't understand her place as well. Mm. Because it it she's in a lot of episodes, but those episodes are focused on Yennefer, They're right? Not focused on her. And in season two, there's a lot of focus on her. Uh, from a political standpoint of where she stands in the court and how she interacts with the other head court individuals, the Senate basically. Mm -hmm. And so you, you get a lot of information on her. You see how she fights in the finale of season one. Like you see her train Yennefer. There's all of these pieces of information you get on her, but you don't actually get her established as a character to understand her place.
0: Mm.
1: At least I felt.
0: Yeah, no, I would say that's fair. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't think I was really that. Um, I, I, so I, I agree with you because I could not <laughs> succinctly describe to you who exactly she is or what her motivations exactly are. Other than she seems to be kind of like the mother hen kind of character in the mage guild for new mages coming right. in. But then obviously has her own ambitions and motivations. Yeah. And, and it, it's like. No, go ahead. Well, I was just in, like in season one, it almost seems like she's kind of like at odds with Yennefer. And like, maybe she's going to be.
1: Yeah. Like, is she evil? Or... Yes. Yeah. But
0: then in season two, when it starts, she's like running around basically like using her magic to watch the the death scenes of all mm-hmm. of these dead soldiers and like
1: protecting everyone and yeah
0: and tra- trying to find Yennefer so she's definitely not a villain um and yeah I don't really I mean the 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 motivations of all the different mages is is interesting and I don't think fully revealed yet That's fair.
1: I but I think that season 2 I think you put it really well in use of just the term succinct. Season two is far more succinct, far more direct. And new characters that are introduced are, in my opinion, better developed, at least motivationally, even if they aren't from their character traits. So like the head witcher, uh, like Geralt's tutor. Mm -hmm. He, you fully understand by the end of season two what his history is and you like don't really see you don't there's no flashbacks showing him as a kid but you fully understand his motivations his drive what his character traits are why he does what he does when he takes you know when he breaks away from the battle versus when he stays in the battle you understand why that is right even though in my opinion you have less character development for him than you did the head the head wizard, right? Like
0: yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um so yeah, I don't know. I think I I I really liked I really liked the amount though of the mages in season two. Like I liked seeing their different motivations. I liked seeing um uh, like the one that's that's assigned to Nilfgaard and like the struggles that she's having. Um and and I don't remember this guy's name either, but it, it's the guy who was like yennevers lover briefly who's a mage as well who's like hanging out with Geralt, looking at the monuments or whatever i I, again i don't remember his name we're so bad (laughs) at this i don't know the character's names (laughs) i mean i'm not helping you out here any at all (laughs) so um, um but yeah and like um i don't know i thought it was i thought it was really fascinating in season two Again, like, despite having played the games and been interested in the game series since it launched, again didn't beat them. I had no idea about like the the idea of like the worlds merging and all that right. stuff that they talked about, and I thought it was really neat. Like the the monuments shattering that series shatters, and then monsters are like coming out of those you know giant uh, canyons or whatever that are created. Like, I thought that was all super interesting because I never really understood why the monsters were there other than right. just, like, I guess monsters exist in this world and it's fantasy, exactly. so we accept it. Um, but, yeah, it's actually like they have their own world and they kind of want to go back. Yeah, they don't want
1: to they... be stuck where they're at and they're <laughs> right. lost and just trying to survive. Like, they just happen to need to eat people. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, totally. I mean, I got I was really psyched for a few things. Granted, they're not like solely D&D things, but things that I would say you don't see often in fantasies you, you know, like dragons are a dime a dozen, Um, you know, werewolves, vampires. Fine. Got a monster people like half animal, half humans of whatever form. Cool. That's that's fine. Whatever things that you don't see. A lot in in like televised formats uh, that you get to see in either video games or books more often. Two come to mind really quickly. One is an a really old reference. I think it's a Slavic culture reference. Is the Baba Yaga, the the witch in the woods. Ah. And the house with chicken legs, like they did the full thing. They did the whole Baba Yaga special.
0: Oh, see, so I didn't understand that it was like a. Um not specific to the witcher yeah that's a
1: classic that's an old school i think it's i think it's slovakian folklore uh Hmm. that has been adapted many times to high fantasy board games and and tabletop games is the the house with chicken legs that has some kind of bog witch uh associated to it and so like seeing that the house like and you get it's granted spaced out throughout the entire season the house shifting and turning and moving, and then eventually standing up and and leaving, like that. When I saw that, I I exclaimed. I was like, "They did the full Baba Yaga!"
0: And my <laughs> wife looked at me and she's like, "What
1: are you saying? What are these words?" And I was like, "It's fine. It's fine. Just keep watching." <laughs> well, so
0: I think the only other time I've heard that is actually I think that's what the Russians call John Wick in the John Wick movies. Ah. I think yeah. they were, but then like the boogeyman is like how it exactly, is like what it shows and that's the what it—that's
1: kind of what it is. Yeah, is yeah. like a a classic boogeyman thing. So um, I, I pulled
0: up IMDb, so I'm not just a nightmare for the whole episode. <laughs> Istrid is the guy's name, okay. which I'll be honest, I never would have pulled out of my head. Nope. So,
1: Same. <laughs> um, the other really good one, which you see a little bit more, but usually only in horror movies, was the what I can only call a literal human centipede Mm. that, that like chases Siri around. Yeah. Like that monster was body horror to the max and was scary, but not just because it was the thing, right? right? It was scary on, on because of how it moved and how it acted, how fast it was Mm -hmm. like, and, and it, it wasn't just to be gory or to be, visually frightening It actually wasn't terribly visually frightening just as a model but when you add the motion and the movement and everything else to it 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 made that creature very suspenseful and very
0: shocking to see in film right yeah no i i totally agree and that's i mean to your point the the you know Geralt fights a monster is definitely not procedural in the way that law and order or power rangers or something like that would be but I I think it's super cool. I love the different monsters that they introduce, and they they a lot of times will just kind of come out of nowhere in the episode. Like right in that in in the episode where they're um at I think it's Cairmorin the the Witcher stronghold, mm-hmm. and the, like the one Witcher comes back and he had fought a monster, but it had like embedded itself in him. Right, and it's like this tree. I can't think of the word to it's use. It's a tree demon, tree demon thing. Yeah, like that was super cool, and it just kind of is there all of a sudden like there's no right build up to it there's it's not, not like...
1: terrorizing the city first and there are some episodes like with the i think the intro to season two is yeah the like kind of vampire bat lady right and and that's very formulaic that lev- relies heavily on that trope but even still you aren't really sure what she is or why it's right. still very near the end and sometimes you even like i feel kind of bad for her you know in the same way that siri did
0: yeah, it was it was definitely interesting um, how they there was like this symbiotic quasi lover relationship between her and the cursed pig man. Right. Um, but to Geralt's point, like, yeah, but she's not just feeding on you and being sated by that. Like, right. she's yeah, she's still she's still killed this entire town. <laughs> right. Yeah. So maybe don't feel too bad for her. <laughs> right. But. But i don't know like that goes back to and again it's not it's not expressed in the show in the way that it is in the game but that's why in the game it can be a struggle i think for me to to reconcile it's because it's like to be clear i don't as far as i know that exact plot line doesn't play out in the game right but it very well could and it would be that where it's like well yeah you know maybe she has kind of human elements in some ways but she's responsible for killing like 50 people in this village or a hundred or whatever it is. And so that's right. not acceptable. And it's like, yeah, but Geralt has killed. <laughs> right. Hundreds I of people. I can go in the into the settings name. menu and look at kills. And... <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I don't know. There's, um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting point, And it's, I, I mean, this is a really far away tangent now from the shows or the games or any of that, but like, it speaks to the the notion, I think, that within humans, there is the capacity to be great and there is the capacity to be horrific. And I think that especially in our, uh, at least in the United States, <laughs> in the, the, the privileged culture that we have and society that we have, it's easy if you live a pretty comfortable, easy life to think like, well, I would never participate in right. some of this stuff but if you go look at like you, uh, you know look at what happened in in not just germany but in fr- as a result of nazism in, in world war ii the people that made up those armies were not born evil horrible monsters like they were ordinary people who got swept up into that now i'm not right. in any way justifying or
1: no there's no I mean, sympathy at, here for there's
0: that, no sympathy but... for for the holocaust <laughs> none of that is my point My point, though, is that like I I think that that episode specifically in that character, even though it's a monster or whatever, I think it speaks to like a person can have the capacity within a single individual to be loving and compassionate and meaningful to someone and at the same time a horrible monster to others. Um, And it's easy to just pigeonhole a person and like, oh, well, you're either awesome or you're evil and that's it. And it's like there's actually just a. A capacity for both and all of us she's my girlfriend i love her yeah but she eats people right <laughs> like right. to
1: everyone else she's not their girlfriend
0: right yeah yeah um i mean i i've i've I, i'm gonna i'm not gonna try i'm not gonna go too deep because i don't know all the details anymore but like i read a story this was it was from like the 70s where there was like a a man who was assaulted based on I think his religion or something in this train station in like Israel again, a long, long time ago. And I'm not justifying the assault of the man. However, the article that I read about it, the point that they made was like the people that assaulted him were like family men that otherwise like had jobs and had families that loved them and were participants in their communities. You know what I mean? Like they're not
1: Right, they're, they're not, not evil, horrible people. Yeah, they they are not everyone. a part of
0: the bandit gang or something. Right. <laughs> right. It's not Mad Max. You know what I mean? Like, um, so, anyways, yeah, I, I actually I really liked that episode a lot and was uh, impressed by, yeah, by. The, I the really liked the
1: overall character. I, I loved getting more history of Geralt, almost firsthand. Like they kind of give Geralt's history through series training. Mm -hmm. right like they don't really talk about Geralt's history there's not a lot it's not flashing back to him as a kid but they're like yeah this is all the same stuff that he went through this is you know they reference like it's hard on you because it was hard on him right Uh, or even to Geralt like it's hard on you to see her go through this because it was hard on you right like like and now you're recognizing it as an adult that this was a traumatic experience for you and you didn't know it at the time Right. I think that addressing trauma in those types of ways was really creative to be able to talk. It's not really talking around it, but without being so in your face about it. Like just being very, I don't know, rational and almost mundane about it, which I think does a great job of normalizing that this does happen to people and you don't recognize it when you're going through it because that's just what the world is to you. Right. Like, Siri is dealing with constant visions of the future and and they're brain-breaking for her, but she's also able to deal with them because that's her nightly routine.
0: Right. Like, that's how she
1: sleeps. So it's not... It's only a trauma the first couple times and, and the big one, which kind of is the first one, right? The Black Knight. That's mm-hmm. her big scary trap, but everything else she's like, Yeah, I guess I can follow these threads, I guess it can seek out what these futures may hold. Because uh, what else am I gonna do, you right? Know? And and like to anybody else, if you just woke up and started having that happen to you, it would be like, Oh my god, you
0: know, right? Yeah, I, again, I'm jumping way all over the place, but I found it uh very interesting that, like, so and I, I'm also kind of checking that my conclusion is cur- the same conclusion that you drew, but Siri is basically the like Elvish super weapon that is born generationally in order More or, to- or less. Yeah. And she's from. also
1: like the, the archon of them. Cause she's like the final
0: one. Right. Yeah. But it's like every like hundred years or something, this, this will right. be reproduced through their bloodline or whatever. So yeah, I'm really interested to see where all that goes because again, I I didn't get Yaskier out of the prison in the game, so I don't I <laughs> I didn't know what Siri was. She's just like a witcher trainee or something, right. as far as I knew, you know. Um but yeah, I thought that was all super fascinating as well. Really, really like the um yeah, the the larger overarching like magic world ending type stuff and the the blending of the worlds and all that like i i'm very interested to see where that goes uh in the next i assume there'll be a season three
1: yeah i mean i'm i'm on
0: board for it for sure yeah i've also i will say so it's it's unfair because i hadn't actually really watched him otherwise uh henry cavill though who plays carol my impression of him was like oh he was in the superman movies that i didn't watch so i can't say like he's terrible in them because i didn't see them but i was just like oh he's like hollywood pretty boy guy because he's superman you know so i don't know um i like him a lot as gerald like i think he's excellent well he's a giant witcher fan he's a huge everything he plays warhammer he plays warcraft like he does all of it he's a giant he's a big geek Right. He's a big muscular geek and that's amazing mm-hmm. i love right it. yeah but yeah he's excellent in fact i'm i'm tempted to go watch the dc movies now that he's in just to see if i like him because i like him so well as garrett right right I haven't been able to stomach it still because not a big fan of mcu or dc style right. movies but um but yeah i think henry cavill is is excellent Hey, Walker, do you know our podcast is almost big enough to start selling ads? Yeah, I had noticed that. So what do you think? Should we go a mattress company, VPN, some mobile game? Uh, I was kind of thinking maybe coffee. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some good free trade local... No, 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 like Ko-Fi, like donations. Oh, oh, right. So, so we, we do ads for Ko-Fi and for coffee? I mean,
1: I guess that could work, but I was thinking that people could support the show with really small donations about the cost of a cup of coffee, and then we could skip topics talking about mattress companies or mobile games and just keep all of that content out of the show, uh, they can just head over to our Ko-Fi page over at ko-fi.com slash P-U-I-S pod and contribute to us there. Oh,
0: I get it. So you're saying even if our listeners donated a single dollar over at ko-fi.com slash pod, it would go a long way towards funding the podcast, and in the future we could even offer cool things like merch or rewards and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely one way that we can pay our bills, keep our mics hot, and keep the show going. And if they can't donate, that's okay, too. Let's just let him get back to enjoying the show.
0: Yeah, so all in all, I would say I really uh, enjoy uh, both season one and two of The Witcher. Really excited for the next season of it. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of stuff we didn't even kind of like the villain who has like Gone into evil magic or whatever, and can right. create fire. The, in the his fire finger. guy,
1: yeah. the, we the the bald mage that is right. kind of double crossing people in the background. Right, so like, right,
0: yeah, yeah. Who has like the owl or whatever? That's like and who, sees through? Who
1: is the? Did it was it? I don't think it was revealed who the backer was for fire guy and the girl that recruited him, who like ends up with half her face burned. Like she has a backer
0: right right and like yeah. it,
1: like they meet with that backer but that's not revealed who they are i don't believe
0: yeah i think you're i think you're right actually and then of course the the ultimate reveal at the end of of it the very like i think it might be the last scene where the leader of nilfgaard is actually <gasps> series oh, dead. yeah
1: that's right i forgot about that
0: yeah like yeah so I don't know. I think it. I think it's. I think it's really well set up. Um,
1: well, and I think it moves at a good pace. Yeah. Like it, it. It. Season two definitely stays on target and moves at a at a healthy pace all the way through it.
0: Well, I think season two is also. Yeah, I think it's just a lot more focused to 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 your point versus season one. Like I liked season one a lot, and like mm-hmm. they go on that whatever adventure. Where there's like the guy that they're traveling with who's actually the dragon himself or whatever. And like I thought all that was really cool, but it's not really tied to any larger narrative. It's just kind of like adventures of Geralt. Um and season two. There's a lot of character
1: establishment.
0: Yes. It's like it's like everybody's prequel movie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All in
1: one season. And season two is like everybody's sequel movie. It's just good.
0: Yeah, if you've got 20 hours, go check out The Witcher show. If you've got 130 <laughs> hours, maybe play The Witcher 3, you know? Yeah, it's
1: whatever whatever <laughs> your timeline is. You know? God knows how long it takes to read all the books. So. Right, right. <laughs> That's on you. That's on you.
0: <laughs> all right, well, so I guess at this point, you want to shift over to Arcane and talk a little bit about, about that? Yeah. So Arcane is which i i still you know we did our blizzard's fall from grace episode uh, and talked a little bit in that about how riot is kind of it seems like replacing blizzard is like the large company with a lot of ip that's still not like a corporate monster and <laughs> in also every... does really good 3d yeah. animation yes <laughs> maybe that's actually the biggest similarity but um <laughs> but anyway yeah so i, I though I have played League of Legends. Technically, I've probably played. I if I've played fifty matches, that's generous. Um, so I don't know anything about League of Legends lore. I don't. I'm not familiar with the characters. Um, so to me, it's all very new. And so, Arcane is is an, another Netflix animated series. In this case, though, that's based off of the League of Legends universe. I don't know if the story being told in that is in any way referencing the game other than the characters in it are some of them. I, are I from agree. The
1: Maybe if I don't know which happened first, uh, it, I would say if it hasn't, that character bios in League of Legends may have been updated
0: <laughs> <Right. for> Certain
1: <laughs> characters. I would see that happening probably before but again i've actually put in a fair amount of time into league of legends not like recently of course but sure um in in the past i was into a lot of uh the the that style of game um but i i think that i i my the characters that i mained were not any of the characters that like i had ideas i was like i think this character i think this person is a character but they're not that character yet.
0: So I totally I, I I without talking to you about it or confirming or anything. So I had no idea which characters in the show were actually characters in the game. So I actually looked up the hundred and fifty or whatever it is right. roster of characters on League of Legends website when I got done to match up and see which ones were. And of course, Jinx is a character, right? Which made sense with like her minigun and stuff, like that. Yeah. That would be a game thing. And I will admit, when I saw that, I was like. I feel like that's a brett character like no i didn't play not knowing her from yeah. the show at all but just like the, i could probably aesthetic.
1: a dps yeah and she's got a ass like i think i shied away from anything because that was also right around the time of like the big rise of harley quinn new harley quinn
0: oh right. and
1: i always like kind of a love-hate relationship there like i hate how popular she is but i still like her as a character
0: um so i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna super tangent but hey <laughs> for those of you who've only listened to dungeons dinners welcome to me being on a podcast <laughs> um <laughs> but anyway the uh i watched a it's on youtube for free and i cannot recommend it enough it's a, a 90 minute documentary on batman the animated series Ooh. and i had no idea the level of talent it, it, it's It's crazy how many things kind of came together to make that what it was. Like Warner Brothers had just really taken off because Steven Spielberg was huge Mm -hmm. and he insisted that the Warner Brothers animation studio be rebooted and like insisted they hire a full orchestra and symphony to perform all the music. And, you know,
1: get Mark Hamill to play the Joker. And Uh, yeah, except
0: actually it was Tim Curry was who was originally the Joker, but there was some producer that didn't like him. So they (laughs) kicked him out and then replaced him with Hamill. But any, yeah, the amount of talent and, and everything that kind of coalesced around that was crazy. Um, the reason I bring it up though, is that I didn't realize until I watched that, that Harley Quinn was actually a creation of that of Batman, the animated series. Mm-hmm. She doesn't yeah. have roots in the comics prior to that. Right. I had no idea. Anyway, complete. Tangent, no, just thought um, that was, I had my, no idea. so
1: I mained uh, Oriana in league of legends.
0: Is the, she in the show?
1: not yet okay uh she is a clockwork
0: oh okay yep that makes maybe maybe you would like that more yeah yeah yeah.
1: she and she throws a and of course she is an overly complicated character that requires way more micro than (laughs) i would ever be good at so of course i am attracted to whatever is the most micro-intensive And also doesn't work like any other hero, especially when she was introduced. Like you have to, you manage her ball separately from her. Oh yeah, that's yeah, you're gonna be good at that. So that's exactly what I wanted to play. Um,
0: Just the disruptor in StarCraft Two for it really was. she
1: is, she just is a disruptor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um. But anyway yeah so uh i I, yeah i i was really 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 impressed with arcane um again really no expectations because i don't have a an impression of the league of legends world going into it so i didn't know what i didn't have any expectations to be ruined per se um but i've watched plenty of anime and animations where i don't know what i'm getting into and don't like it as well as i liked arcane right um i thought the story was really cool i thought that the I thought the characters were cool, and honestly, I thought that even, like, even the guy who is, I guess, the primary villain, Jinx's right handler. Yeah, I honestly found myself kind of empathizing with him a bit, where Mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, yeah, you're evil now and whatever, but like, the dude who is hurt Jinx's like dad or whatever, not dad but adopted dad or whatever at the beginning of the series, uh. I mean, it seemed like he kind of was super brutal and horrible to (laughs) the little guy who is missing the eye and, you know, Mm -hmm. becomes Jinx's handler or whatever. So, I mean, kind of to the point of the Witcher that we were talking about with the the vampire lady chick where it's like, yeah, he's not great, but I don't know that he's just in. I don't know that he's eye of Sauron. He's just right. It's it's that nature versus nurture argument.
1: Yeah, where, like
0: I can understand where he is because he's a product of his environment. Right. Well, and so like it, whenever Jinx kind of um, when Jinx shows up and throws the bomb in the room and then V gets super mad at her and then tells her to go away. Right. And then she kind of falls in with the, the, the bad guys in air quotes. I thought they were going to like hurt jinx when they because right. they're all standing around her and i was like Oh god this is brutal mm-hmm. and then it went the other way where she like hugs him because she wants someone to care about her right she just wants someone sees, to love her yeah and he sees himself in her and instead of being mean to her like goes the opposite direction well and he's be like, a
1: better father than right. his brother right. was to her
0: right like but, how much is that true? Because he's also exploiting her power exactly, for his exactly. own end. <laughs> so I don't know. But he also, I think in his heart of hearts, believes that he's trying to liberate them. Yeah. Because the under city or whatever it's called is, is the slums. Like it's yep. horrible there.
1: Right. So, well, I mean it just in general, I know we're already in spoiler territory, but like we gave it, a warning. Yeah. We gave a warning way earlier. Um, <laughs> the, the, i'm so impressed with riot for taking the adult route
0: yeah they
1: could have pg-13 this easily yeah and none of the scenes really that were r-rated i guess you could say were necessary to tell the story Mm -hmm. and and you could have done it with screen wipes and implications mm-hmm. but instead in fact there's several places where it, it gets brutally graphic yeah and i would not quite invincible level of brutally
0: graphic mm, nothing approaches invincible.
1: no but but even being in that zone of like yeah, we're going to show some blood. We're going to show people's skulls getting crushed. We're going to show yeah. some some messed up things. We're going to make you think that this might be a rape. Well, uh, they like, did what
0: Blizzard would never... Blizzard, exactly. None of Blizzard's would ever do they that. Would yeah. that. They yeah. would never touch that.
1: They would screen wipe. They might imply. Or they would choose a different route entirely. Yeah. And they didn't do that. They, sh- they showed a very raw, very real, very gruesome world as... Because, because let's be honest, the bulk of their fan base is 25 to 35. Yeah. Like, like, sure, there's probably some 14 year olds getting into League of Legends. I'm sure there's plenty. But the bulk of their fan base are people that have been around
0: for a while. And that's what they want to see. Right. Yeah, no, I thought I thought they did an excellent job of, uh, to your point, not not pulling punches. Um, But also... So not only do they make, at least in my view, the 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 bad guys somewhat sympathetic, but I thought that they also did a really good job of not making the heroes infallible, right? Mm-hmm. Like when towards the end when Jace goes down to the Undercity, I I know I'm not calling it the right thing. No, it's I wait. think
1: it is. This called the Undercity. I mean, it, okay. it has a nation name that they yeah try
0: to vote for, but but either way, whatever. And like, he, and that kid gets killed. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's real. Like, yeah, well, and he or... has a
1: moment where he's like, no, I'm not going to fight anymore. And then immediately has to be put in a position where he has to fight again.
0: Right. And yeah. It's
1: like, no, you don't get to just say, I don't want to fight anymore because now you're a rich guy, right? Like, you came here.
0: You've got to finish this. Like Right. Um. But yeah, I, 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 I really appreciated that kind of um dichotomy, I think throughout the show where there's not a clear. That's that's always, I think, a thing that I'm attracted to is when there's ambiguity in who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. And are you sure that those are the right? Rules um, because to some extent, you know, when you're talking about war, like there's just violence and pain and suffering. Well, and, and they
1: say that they say that a lot of times. Like, yeah, it's just like there's a lot of on both sides. the The argument is made from both sides that like this is a war people are going to die. And also some of this is unnecessary violence, but also how do we avoid it?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. Um, I also thought it was, I also think it's super cool. And again, this might be baked into the game. So for fans of the game, I'd be like, you know, second nature that this exists there. But I thought it was really interesting to see like the, the upper city and Jace and he's like developing this technology that, you know, the light that goes through the hammer or whatever. I don't know what it's mm-hmm. called. Yeah, I mean, he
1: events teleportation.
0: Yeah. Like. And then that, like, juxtaposed with the Undercity's own technological advancement, which is mm-hmm. this, like, biochemical. So it's almost like a cybernetic versus biochemical yeah. thing. Yeah, like. I mean,
1: yeah, well, it's kind of, it, it's the closest thing that I've seen to voodoo punk. Mm. Making, making... Actual mainstream pokes is that undercity Mardi Gras feel meeting with science and magic, and maybe leaning more towards magic because it's the undercity and it's not as well understood, even if it is science. Right. Versus the you know the main city of progress, where it is very much so just technological, where we are trying to replace magic with technology, like.
0: Yeah, well, and like, in, I guess also, I think the other thing I appreciate about it is that it's, you know, unlike The Witcher, which we were able to say is definitely a medieval high fantasy yes. setting. In in Arcane, it's not, it's it's all of it. Like, it it's there is a fantasy element to it, but then there's also this like steampunky sci-fi yeah. element to it. And I guess what I'm trying to refer to is like, there's the, there's the like, you know, uh, obviously it's all fictitious, but The future in which, like, okay, so as, you know, humanity continues to evolve in real life and technology continues to evolve, we're going to get to a point where maybe we can integrate ourselves with machines, Mm -hmm. right? And there's going to be people that are pro and against that. But then simultaneous to that, there's also going to be this biochemical revolution where gene diversity and gene selection, all that's going to happen. Do
1: you want to gene edit yourself into a cat person or integrate yourself into a cyborg? right
0: and those all have to coexist right yeah (laughs) and so i thought that it was cool that like the it's like the undercity is kind of that like biological evolution path versus a tool-based technology path in the upper and but it's also not just a futuristic sci-fi show you know what i mean so just those ideas
1: like it's not permanently delineated Because then you also have a blend of the two in the I can't remember the 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 little boys essentially gang that he starts with the rocket racers. Right. Like like they're kind of a blend of the two. Yeah. Like so they are what happens when they are able to steal enough technology but make a more natural path so there's kind of this third evolution they're basically like the the high-tech druids (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and so it's like it's like there's not just the two delineations there's more even than that because the undercity is vast and there's enough room for all of it to kind of like these multiple and, and they reference the outside world with um Oh God, her mom who comes yeah, from yeah. another country. Like, there's a, they reference. There's a whole planet going on right now, right? And right. Like, that's totally and separate is just, from this. Yeah, and this is just a small part of what's going on in the world. Which I also am like, that's so cool because you could do. I would be entirely happy with an entire another season that happens in the exact same time frame as arcane in some other part of the world you could tell the same or greater story
0: yeah well and there's so many characters in league of legends that right. they certainly have the the ip to pull from and i was honestly surprised too so when i went and looked at the character roster to see like okay who is in the show right i fully expected that like 20 of the characters mm-hmm. in the show would be playable characters in the game and that wasn't the case
1: uh I also yeah, they go so far back into the history there this is a prequel to the games, yeah, like like I mean Victor is a is a crazy cool, I love Victor's character story, and season one he's not even Victor by the end of season one, yeah. And it's like, that's cool to see that he doesn't even become the character that he is in the games by the end of the entire first season. And he's pivotable from like episode three.
0: Right. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like Jace, Heimerdinger, V, mm -hmm. Jinx, I guess Victor...
1: Yeah, there's a couple of others that are referenced in the background as mm. kind of Easter well, eggs.
0: And, uh, you know, I'm now diminishing this character far more than I should by the label Jace's girlfriend, because oh, that's right. not all she is. <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about without me having to look up IMDb. I thought she was probably a character because mm-hmm. to my point, she's not just Jace's girlfriend. She has a right. lot more influence and stuff in the world. And so I was like, oh, maybe she's a character. But no, I couldn't find her anywhere, nope. at least as one. Nope. So.
1: Uh, I mean, Caitlyn makes Caitlyn's a pretty pivotal pivotal, blah, 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 pivotal character, which mm-hmm. I think is fun. I think it's fun to see, uh, again, more humanized because, again, like you get an idea of a character like I played Caitlyn a little bit in, in League of Legends, like you get an idea of a character from their their voice pack and their gameplay style. But that's really not the character that Caitlyn I mean, it is but only in the moment right and same way with jinx, jinx oh yes yeah. in combat is the character from league of legends so she I goes actually... crazy she shoots like her moves are used like she's got the minigun and the rocket launcher and the pistol and she's a little insane but outside of combat she's not the character that she is in the game she's has depth
0: I actually did not realize that Caitlin was a, I that, so that's when I missed, I, when yep. I looked at, it, I didn't realize she yeah, was a Caitlin character.
1: is, is a massive sniper, like frontline character. So, hmm.
0: but yeah. Um, and I got to say the animation style, I just absolutely love.
1: Oh, uh,
0: 120%. It's so good. It's so cool. Like I, you know, you, you referenced invincible earlier and, and I liked invincible plenty. And I mean, it, <laughs> It has its own reasons for why I would like it. But, but I mean, its animation style is okay. But yep. it wasn't something that I was like, man, I just love the way that the art in that is done. And Arcane completely blew me away. Uh, right. right. It's like a... I assume there's some level of computer animation, but then there's also elements that feel more hand-drawn. I have no idea No, what I are.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this is this is a topic that I was hugely like aware of and in tune with. So like, I, I mean, I, I probably should have referenced this way earlier. I almost d- dropped Arcane twice. Really? Um, Yeah. So I got through. So I, I don't know if something happened, if we tried to start watching it or queued it up to watch and it accidentally auto played and then we backed out of it or something, but it started on episode two
0: oh (laughs) and so
1: like 10 minutes in i feel like i don't feel like this is right or i paused it to get a bathroom break i'm like wait a minute this is episode two and but it starts at a spot where like i didn't realize that right Uh, so i had to go back and rewatch the first episode and, and then fully watch the second and i was still not really on board by the time the i got into episode three i power watched the rest in a single day oh wow um but one of the biggest things, so there's there's two takeaways in animation that I was really into. Oops, sorry. One was they took a few lessons from Into the Spider-Verse. Have you seen Into the Spider-Verse? You're not a big Marvel person.
0: I'm not, but that is the uh, very first time I've ever consumed, so watched, played, read, whatever, consumed Spider-Man content and was like, oh. I now understand why people like Spider-Man. <laughs> good,
1: good. Because every That's... other time it's
0: like, yeah, this is kind of corny, but Into the Spider-Verse right. is incredible. So and well, yeah, the, the art in that is mind-blowing.
1: Well, and I, I think that this takes a few less, Arcane takes a few lessons from that occasionally, where they com- there are episodes where the animation style completely flips on its head mm. and is completely different and is done in a different way or scenes that are done in a different way. You know, maybe it's a flashback. Maybe it's not. There are scenes that are done in the current timeline that are in a different animation style. Right. I think that's a really brave thing to do. It's also very difficult to do because it requires an entirely different style of animation. Right. So different animators, different concept artists, different everything. And and also, I think that the thing that I, I caught the most was that every scene of... Flame or smoke, not fog and not like smoke bomb, but just like fire and smoke are done in a more traditional 2D animation style. It's still probably 3D rendered, but the style is of 2D animation, which I think was a like I caught on to it because I'm really particular about these things, but I think it was the right call because particle effect fire and smoke just doesn't hold up very well and like in another year or two will probably look dated mm. but 2d fire and smoke has held up for you know i mean you know, like almost a century now right. so like it's it it's known how to be done it's known what it's supposed to look like that way but having a 2d flame on like a match or a lighter or something casting ray casted shadows in a 3d world was like okay this is different yeah like it, it it's it's two levels of animation playing together where a two-dimensional fl- like flame is casting like ray casting it's full nvidia met to the max ray casting being handled by a two-dimensional animation and i was really blown away by that
0: yeah yeah Yeah, I mean, I definitely can't say that I uh, understood that level of nuance or detail with it, but um, just thought it looked great constantly. And probably the moments that stood out to me the most, where I was just like, wow, this is, this just doesn't feel like anything else I've seen, honestly, was a lot of when Jinx would have like a breakdown, and there would be like different... You know, I don't know runes for lack of a better way to explain it. Like Im- you know, little images flashing around, mm-hmm. and it just—I don't know—like the way that that looked didn't feel like anything else I've ever really seen before in an animation.
1: She her like childhood sketches, yeah, of of the and the fact that like it wasn't just random psychosis, right? It was the kids that she was with, right? Like it gave them all, it gave her psychosis personality it gave it meaning where it's like she's not yelling at random voices she's yelling at her own memories of the personas of the people that she ran with that she let down
0: well and and
1: was partially responsible for killing most of them like yeah unintentionally though right right? like trying
0: to save them exactly I, i think that you know you and i both have talked a lot about well certainly on the walk show i have and i believe i know you have in dungeons and dinners in in certain ways certainly um but you know and in our common culture now mental health is a very common topic and uh i i think it's really cool that they they create jinx who on the surface as you kind of said like is like a crazy character like she's psych has psychosis Right. right whatever but it doesn't just unlike harley quinn where she's just like I don't know. She's crazy and evil and we don't really know why. Right. We can assume that she probably hasn't had a great life, but we don't really know why she just is this way. Whereas with Jinx, it like it very much makes the viewer incredibly sympathetic to her. Right. To where you would not be like, I don't know, she's just crazy. You'd be like, "Uh, dude, she was like an orphan girl who didn't like fit in and then she tried to save the only people she knew mm-hmm. and her of killed. Yeah. Right. And then was, and then abandoned. her sister abandoned her and like, <laughs> well, and
1: so I was, I was uncertain if powder became jinx for a little bit because she has a different name.
0: She's powder. Right. Well, and again, I had no, frame of reference so to right. me it was all like oh wow okay jinx is a person i don't know <laughs> exactly well and like
1: so i knew jinx as a character right but i was like powder might be jinx but i don't know right I'm like it could be a it could be a red herring kind of thing and then as things played out it's like oh no they 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 allude to it early because, like, she's called a jinx more than once. Yes. Like, and so it was like, I was like, oh, I was heartbroken in, like, episode two. I was like, oh, no, this sweet girl who has no psychological problems is going to get broken.
0: Yeah, well, I, I so, you know, I don't know now. I don't remember where I. Oh, yeah. It's a, whatever I, I, I came across a, a, a conversation or a speech or whatever, this person talking about mental health, and they were talking about how, you know, the question that we should ask people right now, the question that is asked, and this is obviously very generic, but if someone is behaving in a way that is unsettling for other people, the question that gets asked is what's wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. And really, the question should be, what happened to you? because yeah. almost all i mean I, I don't even know if almost should be in there it might just be all like all uh behavior is driven by people trying to 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 just to just make it you know what i mean and right. so when people act out in negative ways it's basically never because they're inherently an evil and horrible person it's because something happened, and it might not be a singular event, but something has happened where they are no, they don't know how to process these events when they come up again. And so they go to this reaction that is this behavior that's unsettling or, or maybe violent or whatever. And I don't, to be clear, I'm not trying to justify people abusing. No, people this is not, we're not condoning these actions, mm, but no. I think
1: that understanding them is important.
0: Yeah, but it 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 it's and so it's like it, when you see Jinx like if you were if you were just to watch episode 8 of Arcane and had no context otherwise, you would think she's just like this nut job who's violent and wants to hurt mm-hmm. people. But when you've seen the whole thing, you just feel sorry for her the whole time because you right. know what happened to her. And it's and that speaks to people way more broadly than just the character Jinx where it's like when someone is is yeah is, is really really struggling something really serious happened to them that they well, don't think, know what to do with
1: i think that that mentality plays out in almost every character yeah is how is the character trying to prove themselves yeah like v is on a redemption arc but she is failing at doing so she is unable to redeem herself because jinx is too far gone right um jace is trying to prove his worth because he was he was an immigrant that you know never would have made it otherwise and right and got one lucky break but that one lucky break wasn't enough because he was afraid that if he didn't continue to produce that he would fall into obscurity Right. And so he is pushed to continue to produce in a, in a manner that he's not even comfortable with. He doesn't like what he's doing, but ha- feels like he has to. Victor is also in that same boat where he is overshadowed by the man he created. Like Victor created Jace right. and yet gets none of the the, the 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 limelight for it. But also Victor kind of created the Undercity like Victor created the, I don't know, the sparkle or what the, what the drug is called. Right. Um, yeah. I can't remember
0: what it's called now. Yeah. Either, like but he, yeah.
1: he is the reason that that exists. Cause he as a child was duped by the right hand man of the big bad guy. You know, like there's every character. I mean, the Jace's girlfriend, as you put it was, is, <laughs> is on a redemption arc herself of trying to like prove her worth to her mother right by becoming a political powerhouse. And she is the reason that Jace comes to power because she makes all of that happen. She yeah. makes all of the moves. None of those were Jace's decisions. She set ev- she set up all the pins for Jace to just push over and like, and she's doing all of that because she failed her country. And so she's trying to not fail her new city. And it's like every single character is trying to prove themselves and and like be better than their past self or past life. And like it just keeps playing out over and over and over. Heimerdinger like is is trying to hold on to the old ways because that's what brought him to power. Right. Like and and just everybody. And it's just cl- it's just the clash of everybody's attempt to be better than they were yesterday. Right. And I think that's such a, a beautiful way of causing character conflict because the conflict will happen naturally if everybody's trying to improve themselves.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I, I mean, I've probably just made this point too many times now throughout this episode, but I just, I, I, again, you know, I just can't enough. I can't, I can't overstate how important I think it is to show the complexity of the, of the characters and to show the, the nuance of their motivations and to understand that it's not, it, they don't just wake up and decide this is my mission today in a vacuum. And I think that that speaks to the world at large. And I think that especially in the you know our modern era, and this is so cliche to say, but in the social media realm and things, it's so easy to see a tweet from a person or to see a single post from a person and then put them in a bucket of they're an ally, they're an enemy, they are this way, they are that way. And cancel them,
1: support them. Yeah,
0: either way you want to go with it, and and the truth is, is that people are just infinitely more complex than that, and life is infinitely more nuanced than that. And I think that as corny as this will sound, because I'm pretty sure that Riot made Arcane to to make money. Well, (laughs) not not to change the world, but I really do think to the to the writer's credit, um, I think that things like this help promote that conversation, even if it's in a subconscious or unconscious way to say, like, again, people are not just in one bucket or another. They're they're far more complicated than than they seem on the surface. And the behavior that you see does not really reflect in in many cases, even the motivation for that behavior. Um, And it 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 can be easy to to lose sight of that, I think, in, in life. And to, to some extent, again, we can't know every individual <laughs> and all of their motivations. But just to at least approach people with an understanding that they're not, they're not just this one slice of what you see. There's more there, um, and yeah, I think Arcane does a great job of that. To your point, with all of the characters, not just not just Jinx. Um, she's a great example of it, though.
1: Well, for sure. I mean, like. She probably gets some of the most. I I think that it's interesting how much focus there. I'm trying to think for a second. I I don't believe there's a protagonist or a main character.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, you kind of think at the beginning that it's V. Right. But then she kind of gets replaced with Jace. Yep. And who is then
1: replaced with Jinx.
0: Right. And then like,
1: like, like Jinx is replaced. Like Victor has his moments where Victor becomes a main character. Like Victor gets more screen time in episodes like six and seven than Jace does.
0: Yeah. So I have to admit also Victor totally missed that. That's one of the characters. I was excited
1: about that. I was like, I saw that when the, when they first had the kind of Rubik's cube moment, I was like, Mm. Oh, this is, this is the start of Victor yeah and and then i was like i was actually a little bit mad because i was like i was playing i was like did the gauntlets play a thing does the laser play a thing because they show the laser off like where are these pieces gonna fall and they don't fall by the end right i was really frustrated by that i was like he's like halfway there he's only halfway to becoming victor right by the end of season one like this is insane i need more now like
0: yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I like that I don't have any knowledge of the world. So that it is just literally like to me, it's just entirely fresh IP. Mm-hmm. Um so it'll because I think if I knew who all the characters were going in, then I would like, well, that character's not gonna die. Cause they're not gonna die. Right. You know what I mean? Like well, I have none they, of that.
1: That's glorious that they do that though. Like they they eloquently crafted. It, because they could have so easily, like, I, I believe fully that if Blizzard would have done this, it would have been, you know, Uther and all of the other characters just going through a fun adventure. Right. with Plot armor on all of them. And you just know what's kind of going to happen. And there's a few Easter eggs and references to the games. Right. And some stuff, you know, some sound clips that people recognize and for the first like two almost three full episodes before you even start realizing w- who the characters are and it's like that's huge cuz they could have easily come out of the gate with characters fully developed like ash and and victor you know just going out and beating up and 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 playing the game as a tv show right and and fighting creeps
0: and and
1: you know, <laughs> like but it, it would have worked it still would have worked
0: if last hitting is a is a is a plot device <laughs> right
1: and it very well could have been it could there would have been a joke about that
0: right? right like
1: like i got the last hit like and then boop
0: thumb, you know, like. uh, i'm so glad that it's not that but
1: they didn't do that and i think no. that that's actually kind of huge
0: yeah i mean they definitely um again not not being familiar with the games at all i was able to enjoy it entirely whereas if you juxtapose that with like the warcraft movie that came out several years Mm ago i i have even played a lot of wow and i find that insufferable but i think it is only possible to enjoy that if you already understand that world and then it's like right maybe the fan service is enough that you enjoy it
1: kind of like in the same way that it like the game serves as i mean we talked about the witcher season one wow is your season one and then the movie is your season two like you have to know the background of all of these characters like my dad enjoyed which yeah shout out to pick up your sticks episode where i interview my dad and his history of gaming yeah um my dad loved recommended arcane to me as well. And Mm. he has never touched a league of legends. Like not in, in, and he was like, I love this show. You should watch it. Yeah. And that was before you recommended it to me. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like my dad was like, you need to watch this show. And I was like, "Ah, I don't know, maybe like, I mean, I know a little league of legends. I don't know how much I'm in for their, I, I like their, their, their KDA pop stars is great. I don't know how much I'm in for a full ten hours of nope, nope. In a Sunday, in a in a lazy Sunday, I binge ten hours of content. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's. Uh, I feel like they definitely um, didn't play it safe. To your point, they they could have they could have tried to to make it a lot more tied into the game to satisfy their their impression of what fans would want. And I right. think what they did instead was probably satisfy fans of the game also, mm-hmm. and then also make something that someone like me who doesn't play League of Legends can also be really engaged by. Um well and I think it's I think it's the
1: it's the exact right play to make, right? Like a TV show should serve to market the game instead of the game marketing. I, I think that WoW right. marketed the Warcraft movie right
0: yeah yeah but, 100%. but
1: what arcane does is arcane stands on its own and markets the game
0: well and i think all, i mean because the truth is, is like i mean <laughs> full disclosure i'm still never going to go play league of legends right and and i have played it and it's not that i think it's a terrible game honestly it's a huge commitment of time to get good at it and understand mm-hmm. it and i don't know four other people that would play on my team and <laughs> right. i'm not pugging right no. the rest of but my life. if
1: you did you would be just as excited for jinx's minigun for <laughs> right launcher attack and maybe even more so if that was your only experience and i think that that's marketing genius
0: well what yeah well and what i was going to say though is like i think that it does a great job because now i am a fan of riot's ip mm-hmm. without having to experience it in that way and that's similar to i have zero interest in playing warhammer 40k tabletop right a year and a half ago or whatever i read the eisenhorn warhammer series right and i now consider myself a pretty big fan of warhammer 40k and i've never played the tabletop and probably never will right and it's like because they have these other avenues of content that are engaging it 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 just allows to draw more people in and like warhammer yeah Forty K is probably the coolest IP out there, period. And I would have never known that if it wasn't for the books. And I think that the League of Legends IP is really, really awesome. And I would have never known that if it wasn't for Arcane, because I'm not going to go play the game for a thousand hours.
1: Right. But now, if they put out uh, a six-issue special comic book series about Echo's life between being a kid and being the leader of the gang that he is in the end of Arcane... I could be interested in that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll pick that up. And and again, never like I'm, I'm never going back to league of legends. Right. I'm not. I like the IP though. And I may pick up a comic book series or a movie or a TV show and participate in that discourse, which I mean, yeah, sure. They're probably going to drop additional skins in the game and whatever. And new characters based on Jace's girlfriend is now playable in league of legends who, you know whatever but being able to engage with the ip without having to engage with the primary way in which that ip was developed mm-hmm. like nobody is watching a world of warcraft movie sequel no one fans of the game aren't watching it <laughs> and and people that only saw the movie aren't watching it but <laughs> yeah, i think I would that hope. i would hope <laughs> a few people might try out league of legends having only seen the tv show and maybe they stay maybe they don't but they may engage in other avenues of con- uh, of content consumption which i definitely will i i mean i loved i i was brought in by you know kda pop stars brought me back into league of legends i was like mm. that is something i mean they of course have had a couple of videos with imagine dragons which they use for their intro Uh, So they already had some popularity there. I was excited by that. Um, I, I, I liked seeing that as their intro song and, and these head nods to, and some of them bigger than others, right? Like being your intro song is probably a pretty big head nod, but it's netflix so the skip intro button exists so i don't know how much credit you really get there but (laughs) right (laughs) but i watched it the first time and maybe once around episode five or so while i was making my lunch so you know (laughs) yeah
0: yeah i um i mean so i'm not going to play league of legends but i probably will pick up their single player turn-based rpg that they Mm -hmm. released that's in that's again based on that ip because now i understand how cool that universe or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it is and so it's like oh well i am interested in that maybe um, i will
1: read some of the pop-up lore buckets that talk about this other country like... well and i think
0: it, it you know you the word you used before was that it's like it's marketing genius and you're right that is what it is but this is where it gets into like marketing can be this like dirty gross like ooh, they're trying to sell me tide pods and i don't care about that right now or whatever right or they're trying to sell me whatever uh pharmaceutical thing if you watch tv oh god but marketing as just as an idea is not inherently doesn't inherently mean that it also is like telling people about something that you think they would be compelled by now maybe that's because you want to sell it to them and in this case they definitely want people to buy League of Legends skins or the single player oh, game that sure. I'm going to buy or whatever Netflix subscriptions. But it, they legitimately have created something cool. So I'm not mad that they've created other no. avenues to expose me to that because I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I think I think that's kind of the difference between marketing and
1: branding. Yeah, like this is definitely branding. Yeah, it is. It is broadening the scope of their available products because now they can sell you a TV show when they were a video game before Mm -hmm. like it was just a video game and they did some music videos and they had some good 3d animation studio help you know but now they're also pushing into the 3d animation space and competing in in its starved market pixar is not making the incredibles 3 rated r right (laughs) like like And so that market space is starved for content. Steampunk content has not gotten the wins that it deserves to be accepted as a a fun combination of fantasy and sci-fi. Like, There's been a few forays into it, but nobody with enough money to really show what steampunk can look like outside of, I mean, I guess Nickelodeon's Korra. You know, and and Avatar The Last Airbender kind of broached that some, but not even fully. They didn't continue to do it, right? Right. Korra came out years ago, and nobody since has touched that, even though it's been shown to have a big market share.
0: Yeah, well, and I think, I mean, you know, because I, you know, uh, something like WoW even has steampunky elements, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's the, the dwarf engineer has a little helicopter or whatever kind of thing. But you don't really see it like in, in, in Arcane, you have steampunky kind of things. But then Jinx just has a minigun. Mm-hmm. That's not steampunk. <laughs> like, that's a minigun. Right. And right. it's not that's a steampunk just a mini- minigun. No, it's, a, it's, it's just, just a straight a minigun. up minigun. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I really appreciate how, how many different genres isn't really, maybe that's the right word, I don't know. But just different areas they kind of pull together. To create this very unique world that's not really like anything else I've ever seen, um, like a yeah. fighter
1: jet would not be out of place in our right.
0: Yeah, like right, they already
1: exactly. have the hoverboards and the mini guns and the yep. Magitek. I, I actually really like that. I'm a little bit mad that uh, so Magitek was probably my favorite word for steampunk magic, which is mm. Final Fantasy VI um, and Hex Core is like that's just like i i'm i'm mad that i didn't come up with that because like <laughs> hextech is so catchy that right. i'm like i that replaces magitech now right like, hextech and hexcore are the new in right and i think that's a perfect evolution of the, just just in the name of something Right, Like, I'm so frustrated that I didn't come up with that (laughs) because I want to use that terminology and I can't now. Oh, I'm sure Riot would not
0: mind if you want to run around and talk about Hextech as much as you want. Yeah, right. Some fan service on that note. As long as you don't sell Hextech shirts or something. (laughs) Right, right.
1: Uh, It frustrates me, though. Like, I wish that's so catchy. I love it so much.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. Any other thoughts you wanted to touch on on Arcane? I mean, it's really good, yeah. I'm frustrated that it's going to be another
1: year or two before a sequel to that. I, I am looking forward to i mean, i'm I am not a critical role season three fan. I was a critical role season two fan, but the critical role animated series is now starting to show up in billboards and advertising for Amazon. And I think it's going to be in the same vein. I think it's going to be a more adult cartoon. It's going to be 2D animated Mm -hmm. uh, instead of 3D animated. But I think that it may be something in between Invincible and Arcane. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see like Riot is not a B-rate studio. And they haven't been for a long time. But they're not a leader in animation like Pixar is. And so it's easy to see them as more quote unquote indie for being like, it's. I don't know. There's something to be said for multinational brands to still be in the indie sphere.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, I think the reason it feels that way is because until now they've only had one product. Right. That is league of legends. So even though league of legends is this massive thing, I mean, you know, blizzard and as ubiquitous as wow was, still had diablo and starcraft and then eventually overwatch and hearthstone and so it's like there's it, it's it, it was more than one ip more than one right. product right and in this case i mean league of Legends legend league of legends there isn't league of legends 2 and 3 right there's just league of legends true so i think that's where that kind of indie feeling comes from because it's just been one thing the whole time it hasn't been multiple releases and multiple Marketing pushes for this new product that they're now releasing. Yeah,
1: we're not on Assassin's Creed 12 here.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: But even Ubisoft, if Ubisoft were to make, you know, an Assassin's Creed Origins movie or something, like, there would still be indie in the movie sense. Yeah. They they may be established in the gaming sense. I think there
0: is an Assassin's Creed actually, movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I, that might be I, Prince of Persia. I think that's Prince oh, of Persia. Oh, wow. I'm wrong. No, you're right. Yep. You're right. Yeah, but well, there's been so many video game movie flops, right? I mean, almost exclusively. mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's was there one that was good? Uh, I couldn't think of it right now, so we'll just go with no. I think more movies
1: that became games were decent than games became movies. Yeah, (laughs) but we'll not. We don't have the time for that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I but I think that it's it's interesting to see that branching out of true multimedia marketing, right, where you can have I mean, Critical Role's had more comics books than than, you know, I guess they've had more Twitch streams than comic books and then more comic books than shows. But they're about to come out with a show that's like guaranteed for two at least two or three seasons, I think and that's huge i'm excited for it i'm excited to see you know the witcher was a book series sure but it was a more successful video game um and now it's getting a tv show that's branching into again like you said with 40k a market that was untapped i don't think 40k i don't think games workshop is taking the right modus operandi for marketing their video content that's a whole discussion of its own
0: yeah, they've they. I don't I don't know what the deal there is because there's definitely you know there's indie videos of 40k that are made that are mm-hmm. really good, um, and there are some video games that are okay, but for whatever reason they just can't find a partner that can take that IP and just make something totally awesome with it. Like, I think it's they're always... trying
1: to like keep it too much like they for as much as they outsource, like every game is made by a different studio and some are good and most are bad. They're trying to make their own version of Netflix off of like two indie computer animators. Mm. They're like, we have, we have like two indie YouTubers. So we're going to make our own Netflix. And it's like, no, just hire those YouTube animators to make something for Netflix. Right. like you're big yes but you're not that big
0: i know and it's disappointing because that ip is nuts it like, is that, I, that ip is so cool there's it, it but i'm not gonna is.
1: pay 12 dollars a month for a subscription to a couple of painting videos that i could find on youtube <laughs> and one cool indie animator like right. yeah it's not gonna happen
0: but yeah but i, hope, I, I mean, will
1: definitely watch for arcane season two yeah i'm in for that i'm gonna watch for witcher the season three yeah you know like i'm already paying for netflix so just put it there if if they would have put a on netflix then you're done like they would have made so much money they just wouldn't (laughs) have made all of the money right and games workshop wants to make all of the money and they're not gonna 3d printers exist youtube exists netflix exists leverage those things i don't know some companies right. are doing it right some aren't yeah so that's all for our episode today if you like this episode consider buying us a cup of coffee at our ko-fi page which is ko-fi.com slash pyspod or just tell a friend about us because word of routh really makes a difference all the links and our social accounts are available down in the show notes and if you want to hear more content from either of us Walker hosts The Walk Show, which talks about the walk of life while interviewing various different guests, as well as the Crowfall podcast, sharing stories and perspectives about the MMO of the same name. And of course, my podcast, Dungeons of Dinners, is where the love of fantasy is food for thought.